This week on the Cinematalia Podcast, we talk about M. Night Shyamalan's latest movie, Old, the conclusion to the Fear Street trilogy, and German vampire flick, Blood Red Sky. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the Cinematalia Podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, and to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And with that, enjoy the episode. Mr. Joe Hines, how the hell are you? I'm doing quite well, James. It's been a long week, a painful week. I got my second dose of Pfizer, so that had me rightly sickened. Um, <laughs> but uh, other than that, I, I got a nice, I got a nice uh, package in the mail of a few Blu-rays. You know, very nice. So overall, it was it's good week, good week. Nice. I got my first dose of uh, Moderna um, a few days ago. And I too was in was in pain. I wasn't expecting it. I thought I would somehow, I was somehow invincible to it. And uh, no, I was very much not. Um, like mm. I got some aching joints, and I had a dead arm for about two days. Uh, very tired, and I was also, and I, <laughs> I don't know if this is like um, a like a symptom that's been that's common among people who get Moderna or any vaccine. But like my sister got Moderna, right? We got the same day. And um, we were kind of hysterical. Like when we came home uh, after an hour, we were kind of like hysterical and laughing that shit that like wasn't funny at all. Like we were just like laughing at this most stupid shit. Um, So I don't know if anyone else has experienced that. Um, If anyone, if anyone has, gotten Moderna or any vaccine and they felt like that, uh, I'd very much appreciate if they could tell, you know, tell me, to, yeah, tell me just to give me peace of mind, not even just to interact with the public, just like, I would kind of like to know because, um, I thought I was a bit worried there and, um, my mother was a bit worried also. So, uh, yeah, that would be nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was, that was kind of it. Um, I think I think I'm over I think I'm over the worst of it now though I'm I'm pretty I'm doing all right. Um, it was one of those weeks on the movie front um, where you know as you, as you said before we were recording, it's just we were graced with a an abundance of movie trailers uh, for uh, I mean various uh, projects of varying scale everything from. The two hundred and fifty dollar or two hundred fifty million dollar Dune to uh, the card counter, <laughs> and I think and I think the card counter is probably the uh, ideal place to start because so many questions. So um, just out of the gate, uh, about about two or three hours before we started recording, right now the card counter trailer dropped. This is the new movie from uh, Mr. Paul Schrader. Uh, the writer of Taxi Driver, and he's also directed a, you know, a few movies. Uh, probably First Reformed um, was his last directorial effort, as far as I remember. And that was that was a, a big critical hit. Uh, it had Ethan Hawke, Amanda Seyfried, and all that. So uh, this is a new movie. It has um, Oscar Isaac and uh, Tiffany Haddish, as well as uh, Willem Dafoe and Ty Sheridan and... Uh, well, uh, Oscar Isaac plays a, a card counter, an ex-convict, who uh, is a very kind of troubled kind of guy. Do you know any, anything else about this uh, movie, Mr. Hines? Not really. I mean, uh, when the poster first came out, there was this really great, like, black and red poster that they yeah. did where it had, you know, obviously the card counter and then Oscar Isaac. And I got really excited for the movie. Mm. Um, 
the trailer itself is it's odd i mean i i don't know i think the thing that kind of puts me off is um tiffany haddish in the movie like she, mm. she doesn't seem like this is the kind of movie that she would should be in you know mm. and it's not that i don't like tiffany haddish i think she's i think she's really funny but um i just think it's an interesting casting for the movie um i mean look it, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be a fan of like Paul Schrader and the stuff that he's done. I mean, Taxi Driver. I mean, I, I think he kind of gets a free pass to do anything after you write, you write fucking Taxi Driver. But, yeah. Um, and I love a good gambling movie. Um, this kind of reminded me of um, the Joe Swanberg film, Win It All on Netflix. Mm. Um, you know, with, you know, gambling issues and stuff like that. And um, I mean, the trailer didn't, it didn't blow me away. Um, it was kind of very kind of paint by numbers and uh, look, I mean, maybe it'll be good. Who knows? But um, yeah, as I said, I know why, but Tiffany Haddish kind of threw me. I, I just thought that was a strange casting. Um, but then again, you know, it's it's Oscar Isaac. And I think he's been kind of careful as well in the roles that he's picked and, and, and the projects that he's kind of attached himself to. But then again, like, would you would you ever say no to Paul Schrader? <laughs> like, you know. I wouldn't, uh, just for two reasons. His work in cinema is... Um, it's incredibly acclaimed. Um, one of the most um, ambitious kind of thought-provoking writers in the medium that has ever lived, in my opinion. Uh, and also, I'd be kind of intimidated. I'm a big fan of Paul Schrader, not just for his movies and for his work in cinema and his contribution, but uh, what is perhaps equally, if not more, entertaining are his Facebook posts, which are... Um, and I don't know how how um, au fait people are with uh, the the writings of Mr. Paul Schrader, but uh, I will tell you this: there is an entire very successful Twitter account dedicated to the hmm, how shall I put it uh, non PC posts of Mr. Paul Schrader from Facebook. Uh, I'll just I'll just give the listener um, a taste. So this is from two days ago. <laughs> so uh, the other night. A waitress caught my eye. At 75 years of age, I was with my wife and son. Her cafe ole skin was radiant. I said unprompted, you have beautiful skin. She giggled, smiled, blushed, and hurried off. I suspect it might made her it might have met her night. It's a tricky line between men and women, but I think it must be kept, not lost. Um, you know, he's 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 posting shit like this, little life experiences. Um, I remember that he's he was he was looking for uh, like attractive Asian actresses, like like a top ten list from his followers. Very weird stuff, How, but he's very entertaining nonetheless. And um, yeah, he certainly gets a pass, as Joe said. As Joe said, he doesn't uh, give a shit. He and that's what's so funny. Like he doesn't give a shit. And, and the best thing is. <laughs> And the best thing is he like replies to his followers, like if they're saying good things, bad things, or if they have questions and these responses are just hilarious. If anyone is, is uh, interested in, in that, definitely like give him a follow. Um, He's just, he's just so entertaining to be honest. Um, But yeah, just on the trailer, uh, it is a bit, I hope it's, I hope it's a case of, you know, shit trailer, great movie, or even a good movie would be fine. Uh, but yeah, it looks a bit, um, it looks a bit wonky now, to be honest. 
and it's not even just Tiffany Haddish who I'm not a big fan of and I'll just you know I'll just be honest I'm not a fan of her her comedy either um you know but I mean it's a great I mean apart from that it's a great cast Oscar Isaac Willem Dafoe and, and Ty Sheridan who has been a lot in lots of great stuff even though he's a pretty young actor um often gets confused with Barry Keoghan but you know I I don't really have you know problems with that but um there's a lot of kind of zoom shots kind of you know in in the trailer that become very very noticeable like anytime anyone says anything in the trailer uh there's just like a slow zoom into their face and um yeah it's just it threw me off a bit but i do hope that it's um some bit good and look the pedigree is great uh haddish aside and uh hopefully this is like another kind of home run for 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 paul my best friend paul uh, I'd have to talk to Paul actually. I think he'd actually be great crack if we had him on. Um, you know, see, he'd be funny already, for that because yeah. he, like he's he's a guy who's constantly um, working. Like you know, whether he's on the film set or he's writing, and he, there's always just stuff to talk to him about. And um, no, it'd be it'd be really cool if we got him on. Totally possible. Totally possible. Um, but anyway, um, I'll just uh, move on to. Uh, a trailer, another trailer that caught my eye, and it's one that I've been anticipating for a while, which is the trailer for The Last Duel, starring uh, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Adam Driver, and Jodie Comer. This is the latest movie from uh, Sir Ridley Scott, who I don't think is ever going to stop working or stop living, uh, because he's like, I think he's in his mid to late 80s now, maybe uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say 86 is what he is. And um, he's he continues to be one of the most prolific uh, and consistently good directors out there. I mean, like, yeah, he's he's had his flops, um, but it's his hit rate is is amazing. Just for like for a guy his age to to keep going, and yeah, it's just amazing. Um, but um, this was I had a particular interest in this. And I'd imagine a lot of Irish people do too, because famously this was the um, movie that brought Matt Damon and Co to Ireland. And Matt Damon was staying in um, Eddie Jordan's house for a time in in Dublin, and you know people were spotting him at the beach with a with a spare bag and shit like that. Uh, but he was actually um, in the nearest town to me, Care, filming in, in Care Castle. Uh, with, with Driver and Affleck and, and Comer. So it was, it was kind of interesting. You'd go to the bank and the, like, you know, about 50 meters away from you was was Ben Affleck. The bank is like literally right beside the castle. So, um, you know, no, it was it was kind of weird. Like, so, um, but yeah, um, this, this was really, really exciting. I mean, it looked more epic in scope than I thought it would be. I thought it would be more of a, I know it's Ridley Scott who's famous for making these massive epics, but, I just got the sense from the set photos and from the story, it was going to be a smaller affair. I couldn't have been more wrong. I think this is, this looks really, really good. Um, can't wait for this, Dumas. Um, what do you think of the trailer, Joe? Oh man, sign me up for this movie immediately. I mean, <laughs> it, it was incredible. Like, uh, first, it was really well cut together. And um, I think the movie was cast very well. Um, I, I remember hearing that. Originally, I think Ben Affleck was supposed to play the part of Adam Driver. But they yeah. switched it around, um, which I think was the right decision because, you know, offset, there's been a few, you know, 
kind of issues there. But I mean, look, yeah. <laughs> when, when you um, when talking about Ridley Scott and you know, obviously, um, Quentin Tarantino was kind of doing his rounds with his new book, and he was kind of emphasizing how, like, oh, you know, once directors get to a certain age, they start to slow down. Ridley Scott completely mm. just smashes that entire theory. Yeah, I mean, like, he's I think he's what was he? He's like eighty three or something. Uh, he's 84, um, 85 or something. Yeah, something like that in that ballpark, yeah. Right, I mean, he's made... First of all, he made one of the best TV shows last year, Raised by Wolves, right? Um, he did The Martian, which was a fantastic science fiction film. What was that? 2015. Alien uh, yeah. Covenant, which I think was... I, I actually really liked. I really liked Alien Covenant. Um, and now he has this. It's like he's not slowing down. If anything, he's just keeping a really consistent... Um, just you know, directing streak. And it's, it's, um, it's incredibly exciting. And the fact that it's a Ben Affleck and Matt Damon script as well. Mm. Um, you can kind of get the sense that there was a lot of care put into the story. And I, I just love a good revenge story. And, and I think there's, I think the trailer kind of alluded to, um, you know, kind of a different angle of like, you know, the guy who's kind of fighting for her honor is doing it not so much for her, but for his own respect. Mm. Um, I think that's a really interesting angle. Um, and I know it's based off a true story, but I, I'm not too familiar with it. But um, I, I genuinely cannot wait for this movie. And, and the fact that it was shot in Ireland as well is just another it's another plus. I think Matt Damon was on Mark Maron recently and he was saying how he'd actually like to live in Ireland, which I thought yeah. was kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> that would be funny if you're just walking down Chop Street and you bump into Matt Damon. Mm, that, would, <laughs> but, um, that would be very cool. That would be very cool. Yeah. Mark Maron is a... Mark Mark Maron is a is a big fan of Ireland as well. I listened to his pod, I haven't listened to the latest one. I saw the picture on his Instagram of him and Damon, but uh, yeah, he's a big fan of Ireland. I don't know why. He just he went there one time. And he just kind of fell in love with the place. He's always talking about it. But um, yeah, no, this. I mean, there's only so many times I can say this looks amazing. It's it does, and uh, there is a sense of pride, you know, that even though I'm not the most patriotic of people. Uh, that this was kind of filmed here. It, it's nice to see. As well as that, The Green Knight uh, was filmed there about two years ago um, with Barry Keoghan. Oh, yeah. There's um, pictures in the local paper of Barry Keoghan and uh, Dev Patel uh, at the castle. And imagine uh, other cast members, they were the only ones I saw in, in the pictures. But yeah, it's a, it's a good old spot um, for, you know, medieval stuff. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of it. Um, any any share with you, Joe? Any any big movie news that you've brought with you <laughs> in your sack? Yeah, in my um, yeah, in my sack. Um, <laughs> well, I suppose I, I, I suppose four or five days ago they released the trailer for Dune, the mm. second trailer. Um, so obviously this is like it's one of my most anticipated movies. I love the book. Um, in fact, I love the series of books, but um, the first trailer I thought was quite good, but I don't think it did a great job in like selling the concept to a mass audience. Mm. Um, and, I, and again, this was directed by Denis Villeneuve, who did Blade Runner, which was a movie that I loved, but unfortunately, um, fuck all people saw. Mm. Um, and I think a part of that was because they didn't really know how to market it correctly, because yeah. um, it is an out there kind of film. And I think this is also the same, you know, mm. Um and I think people would draw comparisons to Star Wars and stuff like that, but it, 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 the fact of the matter is actually Star Wars drew inspiration from Dune. It's like you know, it's like the grandfather of sci-fi. Um, this trailer was again phenomenal. Like it's like a three and a half minute trailer. It's just 
so friggin' epic. I mean, you can tell, you know, Denis Villeneuve, he's talked about his, his love for the series and, and his, you know, want to do a proper adaptation. Um, and from this trailer, it looks as if he's really accomplished something special. Um, I am slightly nervous though. You know, this is part one, um, out of like a two part supposedly, you know, uh, film series, which is supposed to cover the first book. Um, I think this thing nearly had like a $150 million budget. So it's, it's like, it really has to make its money back. Um, and I suppose I am nervous that it won't and we won't get a part two. It'd be like, that would be heartbreaking. That's like infinity war without the end game, you know? Mm. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, look, the trailer was phenomenal. Um, I'm sure we've talked before about the cast. It's, it's, one of the greatest ensembles of just, I mean, literally like Zendaya, Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Jason Momoa, Dave Bautista, Stellan Skarsgård. I mean, you go on and on and on. Um, they've really put a lot of care into this film. And I, I hope the trailer, um, it's not a case of a good trailer shit movie. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I was trying to avoid this one um, online and I went to see old which will be which we will be reviewing later on in in the show and uh, lo and behold the the dune trailer came on and I couldn't avoid it uh, but no it was a, it was a great trailer um, I, it does give a few things away I'd imagine um, but I mean to people who've read the book I guess it, it would but I mean, uh, if you have no um, kind of investment in Dune prior uh, to the film, then you know you're kind of going into a blind anyway. Uh, but yeah, it was a spectacular trailer, and the, the score being showed off was just glorious. It's just a, it's such a unique um, sound, such a unique, um, unlike anything we've seen in Lord of the Rings or or Star Wars or, any, or anything of that kind of epic scale. Um, but yeah, it looks amazing. Uh, you had me ask Re- Rebecca Ferguson, honestly. Um, slightly obsessed with her. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. What can I say? Um, how um, I'd, I'd like to ask you this question, Joe. How much money do you think roughly it'll make like to the nearest $100 million? Um, how much do you think it'll get at the box office? It's It's... It's tough to say because um, another part of the equation is the fact that it's opening or it's coming out at the same time on HBO Max in America. Mm. Um, my theory is, I think, like, again, the movie looks amazing, but when you hear Dune, that's not like a, a well-known name to like the general movie-going audience. That's just a weird sci-fi film. David Lynch did it in the 80s. Like, that's, that's, that's all they really know about it. So mm. I think the majority of people, if they have HBO Max, they're not going to bother going to the to the cinema to watch or the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I look. I mean, I would like to think that it would make like a hundred million opening, but I think a movie like Spider Man or even the next James Bond film, I think that's more likely to make the hundred million opening weekend. Um, in total, I mean, it's impossible to say. I really do hope it makes its money though. Mm-hmm. Um, God, it would be terrible if they didn't make a second one because oh, I know no. they're doing a prequel series. Yeah. Um, I think it's called The Sisters of Doom. They just hired showrunner recently. Um, so 
if if it doesn't make its money, maybe they cannibalize the show and just <laughs> just do a second one. Uh, yeah, Paul Atreides shows up in Space Jam Three. That's that's the sequel we get. <laughs> that's what's, that's what's going to happen. Um, man, that would be devastating. That would truly be devastating. I am I'm quite optimistic. When's it coming out again? Just remind me. Is it coming out Christmas or something like that? Is it? Yeah, it's around November, I think. Yeah. Do you know what? I think I think things will be, you know, I think people will be more comfortable to go out and restrictions will be lifted. However, you know, this Delta variant, and I I'm I haven't heard this being said by anyone. I, I'd be curious to know what you think. I feel like this is might as well be like an entirely new virus, you know? I feel like I feel like when a virus has lived like um, as for as long as it has um, in the population in the global population uh, traveling from country to country, continent to continent, and it mutates uh, to this extent, passing from millions, billions of people, you might as well consider it an entirely new um, virus, let alone an, a variant. Um, so I think, I mean, look, we're going to be getting kind of boosters probably for the rest of our life to kind of combat variants of this disease and evolved forms of this disease. I know I'm probably sounding depressing to a lot of people listening, and uh, but I think that's kind of, I'm no virologist, but I kind of, that's just kind of what I think, my educated kind of opinion. But, um, but anyway, November, I think that um, things will be way more relaxed. And I think we'll have some form of normality. Whatever happens after that, I don't know. Um, I think that this might get, if I was to guess, 800 million. I'm just going to guess because I, I feel like it, it'll be normal enough. But like it really could go either way. It's um, I'm just kind of I'm just kind of like doubling down, to be honest, you know. Um, but yeah, that's that's just my hope and it's just my feeling. I feel I feel like the IP will and and the buzz around it will will carry it, you know. Um, massive buzz throughout it on Twitter and Facebook and you know Instagram and all that. So. Uh, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. I can't wait for it though. Timmy Shallow yeah. and his and his Wonder Woman Golden Eagle armor. I think he looks magnificent. So yeah, let's fucking let's fucking go. Um, right. So Batgirl has been cast, and filling the boots is a lady called Leslie Grace, who appeared, I'm told, in uh, John M. Chu's movie um, In the Heights. So I'm not very familiar with this actress. I haven't seen In the Heights. Um, she is a Latino American. Um, and, you know, some people have been kind of, you know, obviously Barbara Gordon's uh, wife, she's like a ginger person, you know, who cares, whatever. Um, but like, what I, what, the only thing I'm kind of interested in right now is, you know, will she be in the DCEU with Harley Quinn and the Funky Bunch? Or will she be in the, the Batman, the Matt Reeves universe, which is a, its own separate thing. I have a feeling it's the DCEU. What do you think? Um, I, I think the general direction that the DCEU, or whatever you want to call it, and I think the direction that they should go is not so much worry about a cinematic universe as as, as much as making just like good standalone movies, you know? Um giving the reins to the director to just do whatever the fuck they want, not have to worry about, you know, 
does she know about Michael Keaton or Ben Affleck or Robert Pattinson? You know, just be able to kind of just make their movie and that be it. And then down the line, if they want to do like a weird multiverse type thing, they can do that. Um, I just think, you know, their weakness has been kind of like creating a universe and like shoehorning in superheroes just for the sake of doing it. Um, you know, I think, you know, Batman for Superman, that was a huge issue I had, you know, with the movie. Um, it was kind of like just this, you know, kind of, they were just kind of trying to make their cinematic universe as fast and catch up to the MCU as, as fast as possible. And as I said, I'd much prefer DC now to go in the direction of just making good movies. And I think, I think they are, I think, you know, they're doing that with Matt Reeves now. They're just making a good Batman movie. I think James Gunn, he's just making a good Suicide Squad film and, and now he's doing his Peacemaker TV show. Um, so yeah, like, again, I don't want to see, I, I really don't want to see a Batman show up in this movie. Just do like a fun, weird little Batwoman film or Rebecca movie and, and it'll be fine, you know? So um, yeah, who knows? Maybe Ezra Miller will show up in an end credit scene and... <laughs> Tie the whole thing, yeah, and you know, Choker. just slam her down on the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he does. If the Flash chokes anyone in his in his new movie, I will fucking laugh. I, you know, oh um, man, it's crazy. It's crazy. They still fucking working. It's crazy that it was cast. I think that's one of the worst casting choices I've ever seen for a major character, like a beloved character, like the Flash. The Flash is one of my favorite superheroes, and uh, it's not like a case of me. Just being, uh, I don't know, a gatekeeper. That's kind of the, the phrase people are using now. I don't really read Flash comics. I just think he's totally wrong for the role. Um, it doesn't make any sense. But anyway, I've I've voiced my concerns about Ezra Miller and the Flash before. They don't really care because uh, they're making a fucking I don't know uh, movie about him with Super and Batman. Too bad Batman. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the DCEU is like it's so. It's so irrelevant to me at this stage. I just don't even care. Like, if Marvel Studios were making as many mistakes as they as they were doing, like I'd be upset. But like DCU is just they've um, they've they struck out too many times. I just don't care. It's about as irrelevant to me as the Fast and Furious franchise. It's just absolute bollocks. That's what it is. Um, and that's why I'm so. Well, it's one reason why I'm so excited for. Uh, Matt Reeves' Batman movie uh, with Robert Pattinson. I think that is going to be, uh, I mean, you know, I think that might be the greatest movie of all time. Not to hype it up too much, but I think that, I think it might be the, I think I might cry when I see it. I think it's going to be, because it's something I've been, um, you know, obviously we've been looking forward to it for however long, two years since it's been announced or even longer, I guess, since Robert Pattinson has been on board. And it's just, it feels right after 80 years of the character existing in every form of media there is from radio serials, television to movies, to serial boxes, um, you know, it feels right. I feel like they've got it right this time. And I know we've only got one trailer and a few set photos to go on, but like it, it, it feels absolutely correct. Uh, but yeah, um, that's my, that's my weekly gush about, about the Batman. Um, just on, on uh, another bit of DC news, my final bit of DC news, which is uh, Michael Jordan. We know more about the Superman project he's working on. So it's going to be uh, concerning uh, a version of Superman from Earth 2 called Valzod, who's very popular among the among the DC Comics fans. 
And this is the version that uh, people were clamoring, uh, clamoring for uh, months and weeks ago when DC announced this Black Superman uh, movie um, that was uh, a race-swapped uh, Clark Kent. Now, I mean, we've talked about this. This is... It, do, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Michael Jordan's project with the, the Val Zod version of Superman makes total sense because you're you're getting a character that's loved by the you know comics fans and that would probably be uh, you know welcomed with open arms um, by a mainstream audience. And I mean, he's not Clark Kent. Um, I'd, I'd like making a white character black and then. Uh, to to prove to prove that your agenda isn't racist after so many different kind of scandals and allegations, um, you know you're not going to be fooling that. You know no one's going to be fooling anyone. Um, I, you could you know you could uh, point to any amount of scandals: the Ray Fisher incident, uh, the Rick Fukunawa uh, incident with the Flash. It's uh, the, the list goes kind of on and on. Uh, it's treatment of, of filmmakers and actors that uh, it, it's it's crazy, but this is definitely the right way to go. He's not Claire Kent; he's just a different character, but he's a Superman from an alternate Earth. And I think, yeah, this is definitely the way to go. Um, and I predict that uh, that the the Black Claire Kent movie that they were working on initially, I feel like that's not going to get made. I feel like that's going to join the long list of dead DC projects because they're like it just like on paper it makes no sense just to do those two like they're basically they're pandering to the same audience or they're going to the same demographic with these things on paper they're doing it for the wrong reasons they're doing their uh, whoever the um, Tanahashi Coates written thing the guy the Black Panther writer who's who's working on this this other script I feel like they're doing that for the wrong reasons. This this is more in line with what the fans would like. What what do you think about this, Joe? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not too familiar with Valzad, um, the character itself, uh, truth be told. But um, I mean, I, I think you know, I know Michael B. Jordan. He was working on a Static Shock film as well, so yeah. he's he's clearly he's he's working with DC very closely. And and um, I know there's rumors that he was kind of thinking about even playing the role. I'd be all up for that. I, I think Michael B. Jordan he's fucking fantastic. Um, yeah. And I know there was also there's some confusion whether or not it would be a miniseries or a movie. Um, I've feeling like it might be a miniseries because I know HBO Max is kind of lacking in that area when it comes to you know original content. Mm. Um, so I think that it, it it might actually wind up being um, a limited series, and and I'd be all up for that. I think you know as I said, um, it's it's a different character. It's not Claire Kent. It's um, it's something new, and I think that there's. A lot of interesting areas and avenues you can go with that and um as i said you know michael b jordan he's great um i think he'd wear the cape fantastically and yeah i, I love it when it comes to the jj abrams produced superman movie um i really i i just i just don't care like it's it's yeah. um you know i i barely cared when henry cavill was playing superman i thought man of steel was actually i i actually like, really like man of steel um i think it's really cool kind of, you know, first contact movie. I think it has a really interesting angle. Um, it's one of my more favorite Zack Snyder movies, actually. But, um, yeah, I, I just, <laughs> it's going to be hard now for me to kind of 
except one no, three four supermen there's that cw show there's obviously michael b jordan there's henry cavill and he's i know uh the dwayne the rock johnson he was he he wants henry cavill to show up in like a black adam sequel or something or he wants like a black adam versus superman movie um and what the rock wants he gets so it's true. um yeah, I mean it's 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 tricky. I, I think I think what you're saying about the movie not actually going ahead, um, I think that's entirely dependent on the success of the Valzad show. Um you know, not not that audiences can't differentiate between, you know, two black supermen, but I think it, it, it does get kind of or it just even supermen properties. I mean, you have what a show, a movie, you have obviously the Snyder stuff. It, it, they 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 used to be very kind of you know, they used to gatekeep these characters like Batman and Superman very closely. Now it seems like they're just in fucking anyone <laughs> make a Superman movie. Um, but yeah, I am actually really excited for this Michael B. Jordan version. Um, yeah. I feel, yeah, but I feel like DC are doing it to kind of, you know, bat away the allegations and all that. Also, I, I think it's an important point to, to make that um, there's a Blue Beetle HBO movie, all right. DC, another DC character. Batgirl's getting a HBO movie. This Michael B. Jordan uh, thing with Superman is also a HBO thing. All POCs, they're going to be on HBO Max, while everything else, uh, probably the white superheroes, are probably going to be on you know in theaters. That looks a bit fishy to me. I don't know if I'm digging too much into it, but like that's. It, look, it, look, it looks kind of it looks kind of fishy, you know. Not against streaming services, I'm sure that the, they'll have sizable budgets, but um, there is there's a certain prestige that comes with getting a theater release. Rather, you know, we have a Netflix movie coming up, um, Blood Red Sky, and that's very much a Netflix movie, not something you'd release uh, in cinemas. And you can kind of tell from the aesthetic of it, um, but it's just a bit fishy to me. Um, I was having a conversation yeah. with someone a few months ago about, uh, and this kind of topic came up. Um, I think it was the whole Tanahashi quote Superman thing when that was announced. And I put it to this person that, uh, you know, um, what if, uh, what was the, um, what's the most interesting thing about Miles Morales saying into the Spider-Verse? And the first thing they said was, or like I asked them a bunch of things. First thing they said was uh, Afro-Hispanic. And that was the thing I was looking for. I mean, uh, if you make Peter Parker a black guy and then you introduce Miles Morales, um, you're kind of, you're going to be treading the same ground. And I feel like this is going to happen if they do decide to go with these two projects. See, there's, there's certain things, I mean, from what we experience as white people, it's probably going to be, it's going to be way different to a person that's, that's black. And you can, I mean, there's room and there's so many uh, uh, like narrative paths you can take depending on what race a person is. Um, so I feel like if they go with the two of these, they're going to be stepping on each other's toes, like two, not only two Superman projects, but also ones that are about like black and like black versions of a white character. It, it feels very, very unnecessary. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, the, I think the Tanahashi quotes one is the one that's going to die 
I think that's the one that's going to not get made. Um, because the response to that was so negative, not just uh, like across the board, um, you know, from, from fans of all races, it wasn't even a race thing. It was so clear that, um, they were trying to, um, avoid being, uh, you know, that racist studio that they have been, accused of being for years upon years. I think that's someone that's going to die. I think that this Michael B. Jordan one, and as you mentioned before, uh, correctly, that the Black, or not Black Lightning, but um, um, Static Shock, um, another cartoon I loved. I love Static Shock, watching that cartoon. Um, but yeah, that's getting med. Uh, that's, he's milestone DC. But like, they're obviously working a lot with Jordan. So those things are going to get med. They're not going to jeopardize that. Jordan will get what he wants to out of this deal. Um, but yeah, just a long story short, Valzad movie is happening. Tanahashi Coates movie, G.J. Abrams, not happening at all. That's my prediction. Um, but yeah, anyway, we spent, yeah, we spent a lot of time with that. Um, so another trailer came out uh, recently, the same time as Doom and Jackass, by the way. Uh, oh, yes. Fantastic. Oh, man, that was a great trailer. Um, <laughs> It was a fantastic trip. I could talk about Jackass for yeah. fucking hours, but um, yeah, <laughs> I'll spare the listener. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, James Wan, the director of Saw, Dead Silence, uh, <laughs> Aquaman. Aquaman, you know, Aquaman. I'm, I'm really, I'm really painting a beautiful picture. Oh yes. Uh, no, he, he has a new movie coming out called Malignant. Uh, and the trailer came out and it has Annabelle Wallace, who was in that mummy film with uh, Tom Cruise. And Peaky Blinders as well. Um, she was in Peaky Blinders, yeah. She was in, the, yeah. She, she was in the first few seasons of that. Didn't she get killed off or something? I think she got killed off, um, yeah. Spoilers for anyone watching Peaky Blinders. <laughs> Sorry, <spoilers. laughs> There's definitely something like, like halfway through fucking binging yeah. it and he's like, oh, these guys. Yeah. Uh, apologies. <laughs> um it's it's not that important um no. but yeah so uh the synopsis is madison is paralyzed by shocking visions of grisly murders and her torment worsens as she discovers that these waking demons are in fact terrifying realities um i think what's kind of cool about this movie and i think what i what makes me happy for james Wan is you know he's taking you know his his real fantastic ability to shoot horror you know with like the conjuring and insidious um and he's using what looks like special effects from aquaman and he's kind of crafting them in a way that kind of complement one another um that's really interesting and i I think that's where his strength lies um i also think you know when he's working with lee winnell he's at his best lee winnell uh he doesn't have a writing credit on this movie in fact i don't know I, i don't even think he's in this film um but other than that, like I think you know, the trailer looked fantastic. Um, I'm always going to get excited about a James Wan horror film. Um, you know, he's disappointed with a few films here and there. Um, I, I'm again, I'm not a huge Aquaman fan. I know some that movie has its fans, but it it just wasn't for me. Um, I think he's at his best, as I said, when he's doing horror. I think, you know, Insidious was such a fa- fantastic film. Um, and then he went and he made you know the Conjuring universe and. Um, obviously Saw is like Saw really redefined horror um, in the 2000s um, I mean it, just the story of how him and Lee Winnell two film students from Australia came over to America and just made this mm. you know amazing film um, that just blew the 
roof off the box office. It's really inspiring. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I think, you know, Malignant might be like a really good merger of like his abilities as a hard director. And as I said, you know, um, this kind of big budget um, filmmaking that he's learned um, also with Fast and the Furious. But um, yeah, other than that, I, I, I thought the trailer was creepy. It was really great. Yeah. What do you think of it, James? Um, I thought it looked pretty good. Um, obviously, I'll have to see the movie, but I am hopeful that that it's one of the better James Wan flicks. Um, you know, look, uh, he's had some hits, he's had some misses, but very competent filmmaker, I must say. And there's only there's only so much things I can say about Aquaman without sounding like a hypocrite. I did dress up as him for a day, um, but <laughs> I remember, um, yeah, yeah, it's quite something. Um, but yeah, it was, no, I, I liked it. Um, I feel like if I thought about it a bit more, cause I only saw it about two hours ago or an hour ago, I feel like I, if I dug into it a bit more, uh, the symbolism, the, the, the names behind it, I feel like I could draw my own conclusions and maybe predict the ending of the movie or how it was going to go. Um, because I mean, horror and I don't know every movie has their symbolisms and archetypes and you know things they're trying to emulate from you know art literature and all that but horror is the horror is the one that you will find that in spades and uh i think there's probably some uh, particularly i won't i won't spoil it for anyone if they don't if they want to avoid the trailer i enjoyed the trailer and as you were you know as you were right in saying and i caught this too especially at the start that opening scene with the you know, the walls, you know, yeah. turning to, you know, rotting or whatever, you know, going all funny or whatever. I can't really describe it, but yeah, very, a very Aquaman looking um, thing. And I'd like to think I could, I could tell, um, you know, going in blind into that trailer, if I didn't know that James Wan was attached to this. Um, but yeah, it was very reminiscent. I feel like, you know, James Wan's always been this prolific director, but I feel particularly after Aquaman, and this is like a HBO Max simultaneous release situation again um that he has obviously he's like uh, a well-respected guy over there aquaman mid a billion regardless of anyone's feelings uh the highest grossing dc movie you know that means something and um yeah i think i think he's getting i think nolan is gone i think from warner Bros. i don't think he'll be working there uh, working with those guys anytime soon <laughs> but i feel like uh maybe dc have kind of learned from their mistakes from the past year and a half and i think james wan is kind of getting that treatment that that nolan got for uh, about 10 15 years or whatever uh but yeah, yeah. Would, like judging by the amount of things he's had in development that the fucking like a, uh, was it a movie based on the trench from aquaman those those uh, sea monsters that was in development for a while. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I, I, I knew right out of the gate that was never going to get met. <laughs> that was, I mean, that's where the Tanahashi quotes JJ from Superman movie is going to be. It's going to, it's going to be during the trench in the trench. Um, but like, yeah, um, I couldn't believe that was even announced. But uh, I feel like, yeah, he's the sort of guy that can kind of get things done over there. And I'm hopeful that this will be good. Um, has some good names in there, and yeah. Yeah, well done, James Wan. Um, who's better, Joe? James Wan or Lee Wan L? 
Um, oh God, I I, I really like Lee Manel. Yeah. Um, I th- I think Upgrade and uh, the Invisible Man were just fucking phenomenal. Even Insidious Three was yeah. amazing. Yeah, he he hasn't made he hasn't directed a movie that I haven't liked, and I just think he's fucking hilarious as well. I don't know if you ever watch interviews with him. He's, yeah, he he's is. really good crack. And yeah. um, I always remember <laughs> he's in he's in the second Matrix movie. I don't know if you remember him, mm. but uh, he just like he like falls to his death. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he he just shows up in movies and just yeah, it's even his characters in the Insidious movies. He plays like a Ghostbuster type character. Mm. It's just yeah. great. I love Lee Manel. Yeah. But as I said, I think Lee Manel and James Wan are at their best when they're working with one another. Um, and I know Lee Winnell, obviously, he's going on to do The Wolfman with um, Ryan Gosling. Which can't fucking wait for it. I need more information on that movie. Yeah, that's immediately. crazy. Mm. That hasn't started but, shooting yet, uh, has yeah. it? That, no, he's doing the... I don't think so. Gosling's doing The Grey Man at the moment. That looks amazing. We should talk about that probably next week. Yeah, the, yeah. the Grey Man set photos. Um, but, yeah, I can't wait for that. The Wolfman, one of my most... I mean, I, I even forgot about it until we started talking about 1L. But the Wolfman is gonna be crazy. I hope. I hope that gets mad. It's not one of those fucking things that just like doesn't get mad. I hope. I because Gosling has a lot of projects coming at the moment. He has um, the actor movie, um, and he has obviously the Green Man. That's gonna that's gonna take a lot of time, um, you know. So man, I want that Wolfman movie. Fuck me. I just want a decent yeah. fucking werewolf movie. Um, because I can't think of one, but I um I think I think I go with Lee Wanell. I feel like he, visually he's more exciting, and plus he's kind of more versatile because he looks like an actor as well. I know he's not like the most yeah. famous actor in the world, but like he's you know, he's a good looking chap, very very funny. Uh, you know, speaking of interviews that he's good in, he was talking to Chris Hewitt there when the when Upgrade came out, and one of the funniest uh, interviews. I've, I've listened to in a while, like uh, from a filmmaker, you know, from anyone, like it was such a great interview. I don't know if it's still free because Empire are doing this thing with podcasts where uh, spoiler specials are behind a paywall. So I don't know. Look up if a person wants to uh, like a laugh, um, just look up like Lee one uh, on Empire uh, podcasts or whatever. See if it's still there. That was a really great interview. Um, but yeah. Um, I have one. He's a guy I'd loved. I'd love to interview. Like yeah. He's someone I think would be a great crack great. to talk to. Oh. Just like hear what he has to say about, you know, like obviously making shorts in Australia and then going ahead to making movies in America and that whole journey. I think it would be really interesting to hear. Um, yeah. yeah. Very kind of easy to talk to, I'd imagine. Yeah. Same. Like he just, he'd, he'd, be, he'd be amazing. There's so many fucking people. I just, that would be um, great to talk to. And they're all welcome. If they ever happen to listen to this episode, <laughs> probably won't. They can come on. Um, th- I'm sure. I'm sure we're Lee Willow's favorite podcast. I'm sure we're in the top um, fifty. Um, <laughs> um, this is kind of, I mean, not a horror per se, but it involves some some monsters and some ghosts and all that stuff. So. Uh, the trailer for the new trailer for Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, which is the third canonical uh, Ghostbusters movie. Third, I have to emphasize third. We forget about that one that happened in 2016. Although it has its fans, I've I've discovered it does have its fans. Uh, 
even though I'm pretty sure it's one of the, like the trailer for one of the trailers for that movie was one of the most disliked videos on YouTube or the most disliked trailer um, ever. Um, but it, I don't even think it's particularly bad. It's just very boring. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it's, I, I'd go back and watch it just for the sake of comparison. But yeah, anyway, Ghostbusters Afterlife. All right. So um, this is, we kind of, I've kind of found out a bit more about the story. It kind of, this trailer kind of confirms some things about the movie that people were that people predicted correctly so like finn wolfhard um is like the the grandson of uh harold ramus's character from the original two movies um egon spengler and uh, his mother is carrie coon he's uh, egon's daughter and um they've moved out to the midwest Parod is like a teacher who's also maybe seeing carrie coon as well and so egon has this kind of um country house that these guys have inherited and obviously the ecto one is there um and all his various devices and they decide to become ghostbusters i think mckenna grace is the sister isn't she she's like her tear has died um but i'm pretty sure it's mckenna grace like she's like she's like uh, she plays every little girl in every movie mckenna grace you see her walk (laughs) into an audition room and you're a child actor you know you're in fucking trouble uh, same with Finn Wolfhard <laughs> as well, I'd imagine. Um, he's just he just does he's just doing these Stranger Things thing, I guess. I don't know. But uh, do you know um, uh, the, the reaction to this trailer has been pretty positive. Although some people are kind of saying it's kind of um, it doesn't look as funny as the other two. I mean, the other ones weren't like they weren't like Airplane. They weren't like it wasn't like a laugh of minutes sort or of thing. Ghostbusters is a very funny movie, but like there was a story to it, um, you know. Um, but I think this looks great, and I think it uses nostalgia in a great way. Uh, I, Ivan Reitman's a producer. His son Jason Reitman, who's a great director in his own right, arguably a better director, I would say. I don't know. Uh, maybe that's a bit controversial. I don't know. He's made some great movies. Um, he's made fucking uh, Young Adult. Uh, he did Tully a few years ago. Juno, Juno was fucking great. I've watched Juno too many times, uh, but yeah, pretty good director. And so yeah, they have that behind. Bill Murray's coming back. Uh, Dan Aykroyd is coming back. I mean, it's 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 a good pedigree. It's a good pedigree. So, um, what do you think of Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer two? I think trailer two. Um, well, I mean, just basing off the trailers, I think this was probably the weaker of the trailers. I think the first one that they released was fantastic. I love that first trailer. Um, yeah. It just, uh, I, I don't know, I thought it was fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, my, I suppose my main um, intrigue into this film is to see like what Ghostbusters are going to actually return, like from the original cast. Um, be interesting to see and and you know, kind of discovering the lineage and, and who's related to who would be fun. Um, I also think they got the designs of like the ghosts and and the demons, like pretty spot on. You know, they're not too scary, but they're also not too cute. Like they're kind of, yeah. there's like a nice soft spot in between. Um, and yeah, I just think the movie looks great. I mean, all the shots of um, Ecto-1 flying around the cornfields and um, the sidecar popping out looked fantastic. Um I just, I just think it's, it's really beautiful that like Ivan Reitman's son is making this movie. I just think that's, that's sick. I just, I, I, I just think that's wonderful. Hmm. Um, and as you said, I, I mean Jason Reitman, he's a fucking phenomenal director. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not like he's been making 
you know, big, huge blockbusters for most of his life as well. He's been making these very small, intimate indie films, mm. uh, you know, character first. And I think that's that's going to be a positive for this movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to this film. Paul Rudd, uh, great addition as well. Yeah. Um, another great addition to the uh, ever-growing cinematic teacher um, catalog. You, you always love to have, like, a good teacher in a movie mm. you know one that's just like really kind to students yeah. um perks of being yeah. a wallflower wasn't he a teacher in that perks of being a wallflower logan lerman he's like a teacher that's that? right he was yeah. yeah all those all those movies like those coming of age films where like someone has cancer there's always like a really <laughs> there's always like a really nice teacher <laughs> like you know me earl and the dying girl john bernthal he was yeah. a really nice teacher in it. he oh, was I like can... the he, he was like the history teacher that always got high um Stuff like that, yeah. I was like a really nice teacher in a movie. I yeah. love if I love, yeah, I love like a like a coming of age drama, comedy, whatever, and like the teacher and like you know the students going through a hard time, you know, dying or whatever, and like the teacher's fucking terrible, just like really awful to him. <laughs> like the students in like a wheelchair and he just like tips him over or something like that. Um, like the teacher's like the main antagonist. Uh, yeah, I could I could see that. Like, <laughs> And it's played by Paul Rudd just playing against type. No, it's, I think that'd be really refreshing. Um, um, it's tips over. <laughs> it's a tips over, yeah, yeah. Um, I hope I'm not offending any any paraplegics. Anyway, if I am, I'm sorry. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, apologies, apologies. Yeah, apologies, apologies. Um, uh, something uh, popped in my head there, that there was, this isn't necessarily... Um, a movie as such but it could it could be related to a movie that came out a few years ago so um a few years ago there was a movie called detective pikachu pokemon detective pikachu to give it its full name um and we you know there was supposed to be a sequel to that it, it did quite well uh critically it was one of the more welcomed video game movies netflix have announced that they are making a live action pokemon tv show now Boys and girls, I was a huge Pokemon fan back in the day, back in my heyday. Little Jimmy Halley. Um, yeah, he had he had all the games. Um, but uh yeah, you know, I'm happy, I'm happy to to hear this. And you know, um, even though like uh Detective Pikachu was like obviously it was it was for it was kind of for everyone, I feel. It was like they were definitely, you know, marketing it to, to children. I mean, Pokemon is never going to fucking die. It's never, it's never going to, you know, um, like be extinguished. It's it's kind of this ever growing thing. Um, but like, I don't know. I haven't played Pokemon in a while. Um, but like, I when I watched the movie, I, um, you know, I felt I, well, going into, I felt it was like made for me. Like I felt like this is going to be something I love, and like there were certain things I really love about that movie. We might do an episode on like video game movies sometime. That'd be that'd be kind of cool. But yeah, um, yeah, visually, I think that it's like a fucking stunning movie. Like the CGI in that movie is some of the best I've seen. I, it, it doesn't get talked about enough, regardless of the quality of the, of the, the entire movie itself. The narrative is very fucking janky. It's very very janky. But the CGI, uh, like every Pokemon feels like they were just like passionately made like to a T uh, absolutely great translations of, um, you know, glorified sprites from the video games in some cases. Uh, I know they're 
been 3D rendered now in the more current games, uh, I, which I haven't really played. But um, yeah, I thought I thought you know all the Pokemon just look stunning in that. I thought it looked great. But um, yeah, I'm 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 excited to see this. Uh, whatever kind of form it takes, whether it be kind of based on the on the anime show or not. Um, but yeah, yeah, um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Any connection to Pokemon, Joe? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, okay. I never, I, I never got into. I, you know, I, I, um, I downloaded a Pokemon Go for like a day, and yeah. the notifications just started to piss me off, so I deleted it. <laughs> that is, that's about it. Yeah. But um, I was always more of a Yu-Gi-Oh guy. Um, oh. Yu-Gi-Oh was always kind of my like my thing. Um, do you, do you, like do you play Pokemon or do you just collect the cards? I, I, oh, I, I really don't know. I didn't collect the cards. I just played the games. I watched the TV show as well. Like uh, you know, I was fucking loving Pikachu and Charizard and all those guys. I was a big Yu-Gi-Oh fan as well. Like I still have some of the cards. Still have some of the cards. Uh, a few first editions which I might keep. You know, just in case times are tough. And uh, Jordan Peele. He released he not the trailer sorry he released the poster for his next movie and it's simply called Nope uh, and it has Daniel Kaluuya it has Kiki Palmer and Stephen Yeun who was probably in my favorite movie of the year uh, Minari so that gets me very excited and Daniel Kaluuya obviously coming off of um, he won best supporting actor right so um, kind of like an all star well not all star it's you know it's only three people but like mm. pretty great names. Um, the poster itself, just to describe it to the listeners, um, basically it's a field with like mountains behind and then there's a cloud, but then there's um, like a string with confetti on it kind of leading away from it. And underneath there seems to be like a carnival is what I'm kind of getting from it, is what it looks like, or maybe a construction site. It's kind of far away. It's hard to tell. But um if I if I was to guess, and I know absolutely nothing about this movie, I'm going to say aliens. I think that's a pretty broad statement. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, could be aliens. Uh, could be just evil clouds. Um, even the full stop after the nope is a cloud. So um, you know, obviously in Get Out, you know, the creepy thing was white people. Um, in us, it was doppelgangers. Um, White people. And, uh, no, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, and now I guess it's clouds. So um, yeah, fucking good on Jordan Peele. He's he's. Um, I always get excited for his movie. Us was such a fun movie. Yeah. Us was so fun. Um, honestly, and Get Out, obviously. Lupita Nyong'o should have got um, at least an Oscar nomination for her performance in Us. I thought she was 100%. fucking amazing. Absolutely magnificent. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I was to guess, and you know, um, Peel, as as you mentioned there, like there's always um, uh, kind of social subtext to his movies that don't overpower the narrative. the The movie mm. stands on its own two feet, but there's also that thing for people that want to dig deeper, and that's that is um, that is why he is so celebrated uh, as a filmmaker in this in his new. Uh, in this new kind of stage of his career, obviously a very accomplished comedian, comedic writer and actor, but also just in this new stage of his career, ever since Get Out came out, Us. I feel like this might uh, deal with some maybe um, environmental issues or maybe um, if I was to stretch it out a bit, um, just uh, people's mistrust of maybe 
science uh, misinformation it might it might deal with. Uh, I'd imagine that this was a script that was worked on before the pandemic and during the pandemic. So I feel like that might be a prevalent theme that might speak to a lot of people. That's just a guess, just judging by, I mean, it's just a poster, as you were saying. But like, I feel like that would be an interesting thing. Like if aliens did exist uh, or some plague or something like that, this pandemic's really put into into perspective for me. We're constantly told we're we're all in this together, and you know, month by month, it couldn't be further from the truth. It's like we couldn't be further apart um, mm. with regard to some mindsets. Um, it, it's really crazy. Like, um, there's some people you wouldn't trust with a barrage pole if there was like a, a zombie apocalypse or something like that. <laughs> they really, they really would want to go to the zoo to see some chimps or go to the bar. Uh, <laughs> and risk becoming a yeah. fucking zombie. That's kind of what we're. That's kind of. I'm not even exaggerating anymore. Um, it's just the greater good can go fuck itself. Apart from you know, as far as, as some people go, and they don't care if someone's grandmother dies. But like, yeah, I just. Sorry, I'm a bit morbid, but I feel like that would be an interesting topic to kind of cover in a horror movie. People's indifference is scary to me. It's. It's it's something I was kind of semi aware of, um, because I'm a cynical person. But I feel like that would be uh, that would be interesting. Um, but yeah, let's see how it goes. Um, this will this will be the hat trick. This will be the hat trick now if he if he land if he lands this. Um, but yeah, can't wait. Nope. Uh, yay. <laughs> Don't know what to say. Uh, cool. <laughs> we'll move on to the movie reviews. For this week and so we're going to talk about the new netflix movie one of the the new netflix movies um that has come out um recently which is blood red sky which is a, a german uh, english production although there's kind of more i feel like there's like it, you know it's pretty split there's a lot of english a lot of german in here but anyway uh so uh this is directed by uh peter thorwath thorworth sorry and um it's a story about a woman with a mysterious illness uh, it's vampirism. I don't. I don't, I don't want to beat her on the bush. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's she's a vampire, which we'll we'll get into in the review. But um, yeah, so uh, she's forced uh, to um, evade and confront uh, a group of terrorists who have hijacked a transatlantic flight that she is on with her son. Uh, so here's a clip from Blood Red Sky. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls, as you can see, we have control hey. of the plane. Our one demand is just monetary. If met, you're free. We want this little operation of ours to go off without a hitch. If not, well, use your imaginations. Would everyone please place their hand on the seat in front of them so we can see them? Ice to the ground. Thank you. Oh, and remember. Uh, so, Mr. Hines, uh, how do you feel about Blur Red Sky? Um, you know, the movie reminded me, it's, it reminded me a lot of, um, I don't know if you saw the Joseph Gordon-Levitt film, 7500, uh, where, again, that movie deals with, like, a hijacking. Um, and there's a lot of similar scenarios. And even the start and end of this movie was the complete first episode of The Strain, that vampire TV show. Hmm. So a lot of similar things that I've seen before. There wasn't anything wholly original. Um what I liked about this movie was, um, I suppose, the relationship between the mother and son. And, 
you know, her fear of like becoming a threat to him, I thought was kind of interesting. Um, I thought the vampires looked great. Um, I'm a big stickler on like how vampires look. I'm sick and tired of sexy vampires. Um, <laughs> I would genuinely, I'd, I'd go full Nazi on, on Twilight books. Like I'd burn them all. I, yeah. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, the movie I thought was, I actually really enjoyed it. And I, and you know, obviously the whole film pretty much takes place on a plane. And, um, I mean, the really the kind of like setup of the film is the bad guys and the good guys keep going either from the top of the plane or the bottom of the plane, and it's like this kind of seesaw the whole film. Um, which I don't know if it is like the most creative way to like create a thriller. And there was a few scenes where I felt like, you know, it wasn't as tense as I would have liked to liked it to have been. Um, I felt like as well you have you know these really great looking monsters it's like you could have t- I, I felt like the, you know this film could have been i know it's weird to say but i felt like they could have gone a little bit harder with the r rating i felt like um there was an opportunity to do something really really sick and cool um and they didn't really deliver on that that front but um yeah i mean i think i think the movie is an enjoyable netflix film i mean it's it's certainly as you were saying a netflix movie um i can't imagine seeing this movie in the cinemas, I think, you know, even CGI with the planes was a little bit dodgy. Um, yeah, that was true, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, overall, I, I, I enjoyed the film. I felt like it worked as, as I said, I felt like it could have been a little bit more tense in certain areas, but hmm. I felt like it worked as a good hijacking thriller. And, you know, I felt like the vampire aspect of it was done quite well and, you know, well enough to the point that I would like where, you know, they're, monsters they're not just you know seductive weirdos um who perf on people um i really look i know i keep going on about twilight i fucking hate those movies so much yeah, yeah. um <laughs> i've only seen the first but yeah. one but uh it'd be interesting to look at you i uh, know it'd be interesting I, i'd be interested in like going through the whole series just as kind of a hate watch kind of a thing because i know they're going to be bad but uh yeah no that'd just be interesting um yeah you know i didn't have a great time with this one honestly I don't want to hate it or anything like that. I admire it in some ways. Yeah, it's definitely a Netflix movie. It's about aesthetically as aesthetically pleasing as um, as a piece of cement. Um, it's kind of it's very very um, unambitious visually. I think um, Perry uh, Perry Baumeister as Nadia and Elias, uh, who was played by um, Carol Koch, unfortunate name, but he's German, so it gets it's fine. Um, you know, I thought they were pretty good together, although uh, the boy was a bit, he's a bit annoying at the end. Um, but oh, man, the villains in this are f- so fucking hammy. My God. Dominic Purcell as Berg, I believe his name is. Uh, what's the other guy? Um, Alexander Shear as Eight Ball. Um, even more hammier than their names. Um, absolute, absolutely crazy shit. I think. Uh, I don't think they realize what sort of movie they're in because I feel like, um, you know, uh, Baumeister is playing a pretty grounded, as grounded as you as you can be, um, not heavy, uh, <laughs> Dominic Purcell, um, you know, and I don't watch Legends of Tomorrow, but like whenever I see him on that, it's always like he's like a cartoon character. He's like a cartoon character, and. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of, it's kind of crazy the way they react. It's like 
Um, like you wouldn't see a diehard villain, like a diehard sequel villain, like act like this. It's the, the way they react, how flippant they are. Um, I would have liked it if they were a bit more grounded. And I think they're miscasts as well, you know. Um, uh, but yeah, I think so half the cast are kind of doing, they kind of know the movie they're in. And then the other half are like, the villains are like, uh, are not great. There's one guy who's like, you know, um, Roland, Roland uh, Moeller plays Carrie. He's one of the more sympathetic hijackers. I think, I think he's kind of good. I think that guy was, was pretty good um, in the movie, but like, it was very fucking tr- uh, like trashy. And yeah, as you were saying, the strain, um, you know, it's, it's very similar to the start of the strain. Um, it, and um, it was kind of similar to, I guess, like, you know, obviously the designs of the vampires are very similar to, you know, they're on original, like on original way, they're definitely uh, taking inspiration from like Nosferatu, you know, various uh, interpretations of the Nosferatu character, whether it be the the original or the, or the Werner Herzog one um, in terms of, of the main character, Nadia. Um but yeah, I wish they go a bit harder with the gore. To be honest, it felt very tame at times. Yes. I it got my hopes up there at times. Like, oh, she's oh, she's gonna go for this guy, and like there was like minimal blood. Um, you know, not that I'm like I have any bloodlust or anything like that, but it's just I felt like they would go a bit harder, and I feel like they, you know, what a lot of it's happening in the dark. And I feel like they thought they could get away with it, but they really don't, especially in a particular flashback scene, which I won't spoil for anyone. But um, yeah, I, they could have gone a bit harder. Honestly, I'm on a two out of five with this. It's, it didn't wow me, to be honest. It, you know, it, it kind of reminded me of like, you know, the, the Demeter uh, part of like Dracula when he's on the ship. This yeah. is kind of what this is like, kind of in a modern yeah. sense, but it's more of a sympathetic... Uh, vampire story instead of a instead of a ship you have a plane um it's kind of like that i don't know if that's um a conscious decision maybe it is maybe it is i don't know but um i'm on two out of five nothing extraordinary about it but i think uh the reception on this has been mostly positive it's the number one movie on netflix here uh, according to the netflix charts um so you know uh, you know it's interesting it's kind of interesting uh, if not a bit trashy what sort of score are you it's, going to give it, Joe? I mean, I'd give it, I'd give it a three out of five, and I think the reason why I'm giving it that extra point um, is because I think it, it did deliver on kind of making a good vampire movie. I don't think this is a bad movie by any means. I think you know I agree with what you said about the movie being kind of visually lackluster. Like I, I think that it could have done a few. I don't know. I felt like um, they really didn't take advantage of you know these really great looking vampires um in combined spaces with you know you know dark spaces lights and stuff like that confined you know i felt like there was more that they could do there's a great scene with the car and the fire that i thought you know again you could have you could have shown a lot more you know um and they didn't and i think i think the reason why was they were leading up to like a big reveal that just didn't pay off you know um in terms of the villains being kind of you know hammy and, and stereotypical um wasn't as much of an issue for me. I felt like the main bad guy who, you know, the kind of the psychopath, I felt like he was kind of threatening. Like he, I felt like he could actually harm the, the characters though, 
you know, we're following. And, and um, that's an issue with a lot of thrillers where you just have this, you know, typical villain who's just, he's just kind of there just creating, you know, roadblocks throughout the movie um, without actually causing any actual harm. Um, but yeah, that Dominic Purcell guy, I mean, I, I like Prison Break, but um, I don't know about him being in this movie. Don't know about that one. It's very, um, very odd. Yeah. I, I, do, I do like, um, and, and this was an issue I had with um, Army of the Dead where they had a lot of like international cast, mm. um, but there was no real like logic behind it. This has logic behind it. Like I like the way how like half the movie is in German and half the movie is English, and then another half is in Scottish. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, I I I think that's really cool. I like if they did that more. I think um, dual. What's what's the term? Dual lingual movies or yeah, or bilingual movies. Bilingual, or, I guess. Or, bilingual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they're really great, and um, I think Netflix obviously is such a global um, yeah. you know, streaming platform. I, I think they should do that more and. Hopefully more genre films because, as I said, I think this movie did deliver with you know, the vampire aspect, uh, but it could have gone a little bit harder. I felt with um, the violence and the gore, and actually like take advantage of the fact that you know this is a movie about hijacking, which is pretty dark, you know, and, and also kind of goes into like you know Muslim stereotyping uh, and, and stuff like that, which I thought was quite quite interesting. And yeah, overall, I give it a three out of five. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair enough. Um... Yeah, I'd be surprised if it wowed anyone. To be honest, there's so many, there's so many better choices, um, and you know we'll talk about we'll talk about uh, one of those kind of at the end. But uh, we'll move on to our second Netflix offering. Um, it's all horror movies. It's all it's all horror movies this week. I've noticed. I've just uh, come to that conclusion now. Um, but we'll we'll head on to the the final part of Netflix's Fear Street project. Um, which is uh, going to be, which is set in ninety or sorry, sixteen sixty six. So this is um, if you've been following the plot of Fear Street, uh, fair play to you. If you've been enjoying it, more power to you. I haven't, but I've finally come to the end of this of this thing. Um, so this third installment um, traces the origins of. Uh, Sarah Fear, who is this character we keep hearing about in these movies, uh, that has cursed uh, our our characters, and so that's revealed in this, and uh, it changes the lives of of the Shady Siders, Gillian Jacobs, and all those fuckers. Uh, here's a clip from Fear Street. <laughs> What's happening? The pastor. He's locked his children in the mean house. A dozen at least. Henry. Where's Henry? Cyrus! Everyone back. Solomon, wait. Let me go. 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 Let me go.
Um, yeah. So, Joe, I hate this movie, uh, like the other ones. Um, tell me how you felt about this movie. Well, the weird thing is, this doesn't feel like a movie. It feels like two movies just kind of stuck together, and that's yeah. the first problem I had. And when I was watching the film, I, I, I was kind of, kind of trying to come to the conclusion of like, why is this a trilogy of films? Like, would it not have made more sense to make? Um, a Netflix series out of this like this is the yeah. fucking Netflix's bread and butter to do mm. you know do like a Stranger Things type thing maybe that's why they didn't want to do it as a show because mm. it was a little bit too Stranger Things maybe mm. but um, it's it's weird to call it a movie it doesn't feel like a movie like he, one part of it takes place in 1666 and then it goes back to you know I, I wouldn't say modern day but um, what was it, like the 90s or something um, yeah it's again like I, the reason why I prefer this movie to the last one, I really disliked the last one because the cast was so unlikable. Oh, um, and this yeah. has some of the same returning. It, it has some of the same returning from the, the first film, um, which was a plus. And the accents were a bit rough. Um, it was like somebody... Uh, oh, some of the worst accents I've ever... Uh, Irish yeah. accents as well. Irish accents. Irish settlers they're supposed to be playing. Oh, man. Um, um, what can you say? Uh, me. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean look I'm sure I'm sure they had a fucking laugh making this movie I'm sure they did and good for them but like those accents were rough I mean and and you know I'm always kind of apologetic to when actors do accents I like you know how there's always like Russian like bad guys in American movies yeah. I'm always like I wonder what Russians think of you know that, that kind of way mm. but um once you get past the accents, I felt like the actual the production design and set designs of the 1666 part was actually quite good. And there's like this real murky, dirty kind of atmosphere, which I, I really appreciated and liked. Um, but then it goes back to modern day. And as I said, this is, this is the problem. It, it's weird to call this a movie. It feels like two episodes of a TV show. Um, I really don't know why they did. I really don't know why they made this a trilogy. Of movies it, it seems very odd i don't know hmm. i mean like let's let's think about this structurally right so it's three parts 90 minutes i mean the uh, to compare with something like the structure of it alone just the structure on nothing to do with the story so you think of um a season of, of sherlock the bbc the bbc show with um, Benedict cumberbatch uh so like yeah. they're about 90 minutes long uh, they come out on a weekly basis when when Sherlock was going. This is a TV show, and they're just marketed as a movie. You slap the movie badge on, Netflix movie badge on, and it's a movie all of a sudden. And hence, we're reviewing it. But yeah, this is a, this is a TV show in disguise as a as as a trilogy of movies uh, released over a week. Uh, Peter Jackson must be vomiting. <laughs> but um, yeah, did. I mean, retroactively, I'm regretting. I'm I'm kind of regretting even reviewing these, but like, and even and watching them. Uh, yeah, the accents are some of the worst I've I've heard. Um, I don't know who's worse. I'm. I mean, I'm looking at the cast here. Uh, Kiana, uh, Kiana Madeira, um, Ashley Zuckerman, uh, the brother. Was, you know, you know the brother to the main oh, to the ben, main one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Benjamin Flores Jr. Pro, yeah, he's yeah, probably the worst. Guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's a lovely guy, but my god, I, <laughs> I couldn't believe what was Ooh. going on in his mouth. Yeah, I mean, they they were saving themselves a lot of money by not casting new actors to play these parts. Oh yeah, oh yeah, a lot, a lot of money. 
Um, because I'd probably have to cast at least one semi semi known name if they wanted to cast a Seraphia or something like that. Or, but man, this was so bad. Uh, this is a hate crime against me, against the, the world of cinema. Um, I mean, like, and and the same criticism I have uh, continues on with these. It's it's so inconsistent. And as you were saying, like, it's like two movies, like, you know, slammed into one. It's it's crazy. Um, just visually uninspiring. It's the same as every, it's same as like a Stranger Things neon drenched shit that has single-handedly r- ruined neon for me. I think neon was fucking it was, cool. <laughs> it was so strange. Like, as you were saying, there's a part, towards the end of this movie, there's a part where they have like neon spray painted stuff where it's like this way cycle in here fuck face yeah. and it's like <laughs> what is this like dumb, dumb what's going on and then yeah. and then they have there's a whole concept in this movie where they're trying to ca- capture serial killers in stores right when there's this metal cage but then beside the metal cage there's these huge glass walls it's like one guy has an axe it's like if you really wanted to you could easily break out of there um yeah. So logically, it was really flawed. Um, the whole thing with the blood was just stupid. I mean, it's like, you know, if 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 it's Satan kind of like controlling these things, Satan, I'm sure, is a little bit smarter than, you know, yeah. what was happening here. Like, I don't know the guy, but <laughs> if he exists, but like, Jesus Christ, I mean, these were some fucking dumb demons and, and killers. It's like, really... <laughs> And again, I like the first movie and I liked, I really liked the cast in the first film, but it's just this, there has been a disgusting deterioration in this trilogy. That's just really disappointing. Yeah. Um, I'm actually lost for words at how like just slapped together this movie was. Like, as I said, mm. it, I refuse to call this a movie. Mm. It's like two episodes just stuck together. I don't know why they didn't just make it um an eight episode limited series like Jupiter's Legacy or some shit like that. Yeah. And have like maybe one or two standalone episodes, mm-hmm. you know? Um it's it's yeah, it's an it's, it's a weird. Netflix it's a Netflix miniseries and disguised as a movie because they slapped a movie on it. Um man, I don't get I mean, because this is this has been well reviewed like the other two. I think this might be the highest reviewed because it has like a 92%. I don't get it at all. And you know, we're gonna be talking about old. Yeah, me we're going to be talking about old at the end. I know you haven't seen old, but I I know you'll you'll you will derive some pleasure from old. Um, that's only like a fifty two percent, you know. And maybe there's maybe that's just critics hating on Shyamalan, but like this, all all the movies in this trilogy are so fucking boring, cookie cutter modern horror uh, tropes like. In, in one movie and they're ripping off like um you know friday the 13th and nightmare on elm street and all that shit and like just watch those movies if that's what a person wants there's like enough of those sequels already and you can just watch the originals man i like and i feel like even talking about the movie i'm kind of losing brain cells <laughs> it's it's stuff like this that would kind of put you off even making films like and i know that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a strong thing to say but like there isn't like oh man I, I and do you know what's even worse? I feel like the success of these are gonna consistently well reviewed and they're watched by a lot of people. 
And I feel like there's going to be another trilogy. I mean, the end of this kind of uh, hints at something else coming. And I mean, we I won't be reviewing them anyway. I've look, we've come to the conclusion that these are the this is a it's just a mini series. It's just like uh, Stranger Things. It's no different from Stranger Things. Actually, Stranger Things is actually more cinematic looking than um, this. This is very televisual. I don't mean that as an insult. It's just that's what it, it is. It's, it's it's not it's not cinematic. It just isn't. Like that the whole thing in the mall. Like, wasn't there a whole season of Stranger Things that took place in a mall? Like that was the whole thing. I think so. It was like a mall in the eighties. It's like, oh nostalgia. Um <laughs> and then like people praising this movie for like, oh, here's an Easter egg for Scream or here's here's an Easter egg for Friday the thirteenth. It's like I don't give a shit. You know, it's like I don't care if there's an Easter egg. It's just if you wanted you to know, see, I just want a good movie. You know? If you wanted to see Scream, you'd watch Scream. Like you'd give us something new, you know, give us something cool. But this is just—it's—it's it's, uh, homages, I guess. The nicest way I can put it: homages done worse than what you've seen before. And who the fuck wants to see that? I give it a one out of five. Honestly, it's the same as the last one. I give the other one a two because you know, I was I was willing to be patient, but this is a one, um, and it will remain a one till the end of time. What about you, Joe? I think the fact that the the cast of light from the first movie returned um, makes me look a little bit more favorably on this movie than I did the last film. I don't know what score I gave the last film. Um, you gave it like a one but, point. I think you gave it a one point five. You you gave it a two officially, but it was like you were saying uh, it didn't um, kind of explain your opinion entirely. You were you were saying two, but it was more of a one point five. I think that's what you said. I'm going to give this. A- I'll give this a 1.6. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm completely destroying your, your rating system. No, it's, it's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I'll give it a 1.6.2. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as, as I said, I cannot recommend, I cannot recommend this, um, this trilogy to anyone. Yeah, I, you are wasting your time if you watch this. Yeah. Um, I would have preferred it more if they had done like 40 minute episodes and they had like a 1666 um episode and uh you know the camp nightwing episode that would have been fun that would have been all right at least it knows what it is and maybe i don't know maybe it was a miniseries that they made into a trilogy in post i think that's a possibility maybe um yeah it's weird it's a weird one it's even weird to call this a movie it doesn't feel like one yeah yeah so it's 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 just a tv show that's what it is that's what it is they can call whatever they want that's that's what i've come to um but yeah just trash absolute fucking trash um but here's something that's not trash the new movie from m night Shyamalan. i love i just i love those words new movie from m night Shyamalan. it's always it's always it's always like an event isn't it like just oh yeah um when did six cents come out was it 96 or something like that or 98 i can't remember oh, but like yeah. Uh, just ever since then he's been working away and like you know um, when he's great when he's good he's great but when he's bad it's at least funny you know it's a, it's at least interesting uh, with the exception of maybe After Earth or Last Airbender last, okay Last Airbender is the worst because a beloved property butchered um, but anyway look Old is the latest movie for M. Night Shyamalan so there's um 
Actually, a great cast, I must say. So we have Gail Garcia Bernal, which people might know from uh, Motown in the Jungle. Uh, Vicky Creeps. That is how her name is pronounced. I always thought it was Cripes, but it's Creeps. So, you know, I'm not insulting the lady, uh, you know, from Phantom uh, Phantom Thread. Uh, Rufus Sewell from Man in the High Castle. Uh, Dark City, all those. Alex Wolf, you know, from Hereditary. Um, and Jumanji. Um, you know, the new Jumanji movies. Thomas and McKenzie. It's actually a fucking great cast. My God. Um, but anyway, uh, so uh, a family on a tropical uh, holiday discovered that a secluded beach where they are relaxing for a few hours is somehow causing them to age rapidly, reducing their entire lives into a single day. Um, yeah, so here's a clip from old. We have to get the resort people before they leave. I think we will all have to leave this beach. Wait, why? They left already. What happened? We really don't know what happened. Well, I think this man had something to do with it. Man, if I was involved, why would I be standing around, bro? Damn. His nose is bleeding. I think he got that when she was trying to defend herself. I don't like this dynamic at all. Well, my nose has been bleeding for hours, man. I don't know why he's doing that. Charles, something's wrong with your mother. She's asking for you, honey. Well, we're all in this now. We are responsible for that woman. And I've got nothing against this man. I'm just doing what needs to be done uh right so i saw this in the cinema there a few days ago and um my expectations i think were fair i you know i went into it not knowing anything i'd avoided any spoilers um that were posts online and um i experienced a wide range of emotions while watching this movie i laughed consistently um i was emotional at certain points uh you know it would it would bring a tear to your eye at some at a certain point in the movie and i was horrified at other moments um there is some um i don't want to spoil it for anyone but there is some you know since it's dealing with the aging and deterioration of the body there is some excellent uh body horror i must say in this movie um i think that some of the criticism that this movie has drawn, I think it uh, is probably a point of contention for a lot of critics and a lot of people who will watch this movie are saying that the, the dialogue is very stilted, probably more so than any other Shyamalan movie. Uh, they, 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 the characters very much are archetypes and projections of um maybe people that Shyamalan has in, in his own life or you know or or, or things that, that that he knows um but I think that that works and I think I think that Shyamalan draws a lot of unfair criticism I feel like if Lynch did something like this and his he has some pretty wacky kind of goofy things in his movie narrative wise and I feel like if Lynch did it it'd be like celebrated but like, fuck holy shit Twin Peaks you know and you know, I love Lynch, but like, uh, then Shaolin does it. It's goofy. It's like uh, the worst thing in the world. It's shit. Whatever. It's the happening all over again. But like, it works really well here. And like, the best horror for me is like, is always sort of goofy. Um, and the most, not even like full on horror, but the most horrific things. It's inherently like, um, an, like an extravagant genre. Some of the most celebrated things. Um, Evil Dead. I know that's a horror comedy, but you think about something like, and I think this is a pretty good example. You think about the the Hannibal TV show from a few years ago. 
with with Mad Mickelson. Right. That's that's a show that plays itself very very um, serious. But you you boil it down. You think about it. It's a it's an incredibly goofy concept. Like even go back to Science of the Lambs. It's it's kind of it's kind of goofy the way people act and how seriously they take themselves. And that's not to take away from the fact that it's a great show, one of my favorite shows. But it is. And uh, these are people talking about how the world works and myths and legends um, and life imitating art and all this stuff. And that's great. And it's really theatrical and great and exciting to listen to. I think this, I think this is a movie that uh, wears its influences on its sleeve. Um, such an original concept. My God. I know this is based on the Sandcastles graphic novel. Um, and... But like, but Shyamalan is a writer as well as a director on this. He wrote the screenplay for this. Um, it's such an enjoyable movie, and there's only so much I can say. As with any Shyamalan movie that comes out, there's only so much I can say without spoiling it. Uh, but hopefully, you know, you know, myself and yourself, Joe, are going to be looking at horror movies down the line. This is one I'd be very keen on looking at once you've seen it. I know you'll see it. You'll see it soon. But um, man, I really enjoyed this. Um, I give it a four out of five because I was I was not bored throughout the entire um, you know however long runtime it was about almost two hours. Um, it was consistently enjoyable. Um, I felt so many emotions watching it. It was like it's crazy. It's really really crazy. So it's a, a mad movie. Absolutely batshit. I can't explain to you how batshit this movie is. Um, I just love even thinking about it. It's great. Um, yeah, four out of five for me. It's in cinemas now. Go check it out if you feel safe. Um, but yeah, that's it. Um, have I have I sold you on old? I know you're going to see it anyway, Joe, but what do you think of it? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, the trailer, <laughs> as you were saying, like when you, you thought you, like you were laughing hysterically throughout the movie. I, I That's that's the kind of Shyamalan I fucking want, where yeah. like just weird shit is going on. Yeah. Um, that's when he's at his best. Like The Happening is a horrendous movie, but if you don't find it hysterically funny and Zoe Deschanel's performance in that film, I, I don't know what will make you laugh. I mean, he he, <laughs> he just has a way of like making really off-putting shit that's just as is, at, at times hilarious. Um, even Split is kind of funny. So, um, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say like when when I'm talking about a movie that. Uh, particularly Shyamalan movies that make you laugh, cry. Well, I wasn't, I didn't cry, but I was feeling sadness, melancholy, whatever you want to call it. And just feeling of dread and horror. And yeah, you think of Split. That's the closest. If you look, if you felt emotions like that in Split and you want to feel them again, watch old. That's exactly kind of what you need to, what you need to go for. Um, but yeah, um, this was. This was a trip, absolutely. It was it was worth going to see in the cinema. I'm so glad I went to see this over Space Jam too, because um, I feel like that, that that wouldn't have offered those reactions, even though I love Looney Tunes. Um, but yeah, that's kind of it. Any any more to say, Joe? Or I know you haven't seen the movie, but uh, anything else? No, I just now I kind of want to rewatch The Sixth Sense and. Um, you know, finish the servant, which I haven't finished on Apple TV, which is yeah. something that M9 does as well, and is, is actually pretty great. So, um, no, I'm excited to see it now. Um, yeah, yeah, it's always good to have a, an M9 Shyamalan movie in the cinemas. 
Oh, it's so it's such an exciting time, honestly. Um, I don't. I feel like some people. I know he has mapped like a huge amount of fans. Um, that he is a mass. I mean, he's fifty. He's a uh, forty-nine or fifty, and he's been working. I mean, Six Sense came out when he was like twenty-five. If it was like ninety-six, mm. I feel it was like ninety-six. That came out then. You know, he's in his mid to late twenties. I mean, like such. Um, I mean, he was so young when he found that success. One of the most um, celebrated, talked about movies ever made to this day. Like you know, not just for the t- for the twist that was a big part of its success, but um, the awards acclaim, critical acclaim, commercial acclaim that it got has has pushed him forward. And you know, as well as the other movies he's done, like Unbreakable and Split and um, The Signs as well. Such an influential filmmaker. I love another person. I'd love to talk to probably even more than the people we mentioned before in the in the in this episode. Like just a really interesting guy, and he seems really lovely as well. So um, I saw this. Um, do you know? Are you familiar with the 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 actor? Um, I, I put actor in uh, quotation marks. Uh, John Barrowman. Are you familiar with John Barrowman? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did yeah you Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. Did you see his? Uh, did you see his little his little video on Twitter there a uh, few few days ago? I didn't know it was a. Oh, uh, he um. So he was with his partner, I think, and he was uh, absolutely salating, um, M Night Shyamalan's movie, um, old. He called it absolute shite, right? Tagged him in the post like an absolute dickhead, and and to top it all off, he saw the movie, went through the entire movie. Then went back to, um, you know, he was talking to a manager or someone working there, asked for a refund and got it. A refund on a movie in the middle of a pandemic. And he got it. Like, what a cunt. Absolute cunt. You see, that's that sort of shite is really disappointing to hear because I know he, he did like, I am, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here and stuff. And he, he was quite funny in that. And, mm. But, but like that that's not criticizing that's just like yeah. you know that's like an attack you know what i mean like yeah. tagging the director and being like this movie shit you're not saying like why he disliked it just you know saying it's shite and and, and being a fucking menace like that and, and then asking for a refund as you said like if you see a movie and you sit through it that's on you like you shouldn't get a refund for that you know what i mean like i'm not gonna fit if i go to a restaurant and i finish a meal and I drink my glass of wine and I sit there for like 10 minutes. I'm not asking for a refund. That's not fair. You've eaten the food end the story. You go yeah. home. Yeah. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. should be the same thing. Cinema should have told him to fuck off. But, yeah. um, I would have anyway. Um, but yeah, just an absolute shit bag. And, um, you know, he has kind of a history of being not the best person. Have a quick, quick look on Wikipedia. You'll find some not so great stuff about himself exposing, uh, certain private parts. And putting his genitals on other people. Anyway, I won't get into that now. He's a fu- he's a fucking weirdo. Then he is a weirdo. He is a weirdo. I, like, he's gone. He's kind he's of in the doing mid- shit like that. He's kind of in the middle of getting cancelled at the moment. So just uh, I I actually had time for him one time, but like I mean, the more you know, the more you know, you know it it does paint a, a clearer picture of, of what you're dealing with. But um, yeah, that's that's John Barrowman, real piece of shit. Um, but uh, no, fair play to Shyamalan. Number one again at the box office with old. I think it made 28 million. 
um, against a budget, like a really, really small budget. So he's just fucking killing it. He's doing really, really well, as he always does. Anyway, that's old. Please go see it. Movie of the week. So, so enjoyable. Uh, and that's that's the end of the review section. And by extension, that's the end of the show. I want to thank Mr. Joe Hines for joining me on yet another adventure into uh, the week of Cine. Thanks, Joe, for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was a blast talking about the Fear Street <laughs> conclusion. Yeah. Um, just the highlight of my week. Um, more so. <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, it was. More so than watching it, for sure. Definitely talking about how bad it is is, is definitely the thing. I wish I could get a refund from that, I honestly. But yeah. <laughs> I wish I could get a refund. Yeah. But anyway, anyway. <laughs> well, we'll say our goodbyes. Uh, it's a goodbye from Mr. Joe Hines. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for listening. And it's a goodbye for me. I'm going to eat this lovely box of chicken that was given to me by my mother in the middle of the episode. <laughs> Uh, so um, anyway safe journey listener Uh, good night good morning goodbye uh, whatever time of the day it is and we'll see you next week okay bye 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 bye. Um, and just